Today's podcast is sponsored by Frog Tape Pro Grade Orange. When it comes to production painting, you need a tape that sticks until the job's done. Frog Tape Pro Grade Orange Painters Tape offers high adhesion and quick stick to a variety of surfaces, even in hot and humid conditions. The conformable backing makes it easy to use on interior and exterior applications like masking light fixtures, doorways, and windows, or hanging poly for protection while spraying. Plus, it's easy to apply and it removes cleanly without shredding for three days, making it the only production painter's tape good enough to be called Frog Tape. To find out more about Frog Tape Pro-Grade Orange, check out frogtape.com slash contractors. Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. Only thing better than paint radio is mission vacation paint radio. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. Emily, are you okay with random unannounced Star Wars references? <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen Star Wars? I have. Isn't it amazing how many people have never seen any of them? Those people do not exist. They'll never be on paint radio. That's for darn tootin'. Anyway. This is episode three of season three of Mission Vacation. Got to thank our lovely sponsors, Frog Tape, Graco, and Arrow Worthy. We've got our usual cast of characters here, Mission Vacation, Paint Radio. We've got our business coach, Nolan Consulting, Colin Nolan from Nolan Consulting. Colin, how are you? I'm doing awesome. And I'll say this, are we talking like Phantom Menace, people can't join the podcast, or just the original trilogy? <laughs> There's been a very unsettling rise of certain young people who have never seen the original gotcha. Star Wars. It's fair. Okay. And Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we should stop or else the whole podcast is going to get off track because I'm going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Colin, our business coach. Who's he coaching? He's coaching our contractor this season, Austin and Lacey Ilsley of AI Painting in Columbia, Missouri. Austin and Lacey, how are you? Great. Feeling well today. <laughs> good, good, good. So again, uh, episode three. So in the first episode, that's when we got to meet the Ilsleys, hear a little bit about their story and how the business started and where they are and what they're trying to accomplish. Episode two, we reviewed the mission vacation process, the role of the business coach, how you get yourself in position mentally and physically and spiritually to undertake this business transformation process. So holy cow, if you missed that, definitely go back and listen to episode two. Today, we're ready to reveal the plan, the framework, the blueprint that the uh, Ilsleys and Colin are going to follow moving forward. They've identified what they think needs to change, improve, adjust at AI painting. And we describe that as the big rocks. So yeah, that's what we're doing today. And Colin, I mean, we want to set expectations. We don't want to scare people, but pretty much total success and failure completely revolves around the next five minutes. Correct? Yeah. It's, this is um, make or break, right? Right. <laughs> you know, I took a podcasting class and they said, you really need to build the drama. Even if there is none, that's what I'm doing. Emily, from the first two episodes, I wouldn't say that it was drama, but there were some challenges, right, that Lacey and, and Austin were facing. And do you want to walk us through those? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we really learned in the first two podcasts is some of the things that they were saying they were struggling with is just a stagnancy in the business, needing to raise some people up in the business as well and create more leaders. Lacey has recently joined the company. And as a result, those two get to work very closely in the business, which is awesome. But on the flip side of that, I think they're finding that they are talking about the business all the time into the late hours of the night and the early mornings, and they're driving the kids crazy. And on top of that, they've got a lot of admin and sales and responsibilities that are currently falling under the two of them. So it's really hard to step away from the business that there's nobody to step into some of those key roles. And then I think the big thing that is sort of the core to Mission Vacation is that they were telling us that even to step away for a long weekend for a family camping trip is just kind of wrought with worry and guilt and interruptions. And they just feel like they can't step away to recharge their batteries and spend time with the family. And that's the place we hope to see ourselves in 90 days is with that family out there camping in the wilderness and having a good time without work. That was an excellent summary. You could work for SparkNotes, Emily. That was very well done. (laughs) Anybody who just listened to that could then take the reading quiz and they would ace it. (laughs) Excellent work. And if it wasn't clear, I'm sure it was clear based on what Emily just said, but I failed to make it perfectly clear in the very beginning. Austin and Lacey are married. And they run AI painting again out of Columbia. So, Austin and Lacey, give a brief description of how you think things are going thus far, uh, certainly relative to your expectations. I could imagine that this could be even more difficult and challenging than you expected. I also wouldn't be shocked if it was less. Maybe you were bracing for it to be quite difficult. And I don't know, maybe it's actually quite a, a refreshing process just because. You guys spend so much time, as every contractor does, thinking about the business and what should we do to make things better. And now you've got Colin holding your hand, coaching you through the process. So I wouldn't be surprised if you said that's actually more pleasant than we were expecting. So which is it? Well, uh, just to summarize Emily's review, I would say that drama is the correct word. Uh, (laughs) Uh There's no shortage of that going on here. No, I think, honestly, we did kind of brace for impact here. In a big way, we do feel a bit relieved that it's all laid out in front of us now and we're able to really focus on the things that we do know could potentially happen. But, you know, there are still those lurking unknowns of what we might run into here that could change that outlook pretty quickly. So honestly, just really excited to get started and get going on everything. See, I'm more of a realist. She calls me a (laughs) pessimist. And she's the optimist. Always. Through yeah. and through. So. Oh, he always thinks about all the worst possible things that could go wrong. And I'm just like, it's all fine. Everything's fine. It's all going to be the best way it could <laughs> it's all, work out. It's called uh, proper <laughs> preparation. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, Andrew, what do you always say to me? Oh, prepare I can't for repeat the worst. that. <laughs> Hope for the best, but let's prepare for the worst. <laughs> and we're experiencing the me. worst. I'm also the optimist. Don't worry, it'll be fine. (laughs) So, but I've had the luxury of a sneak peek at the 90 day plan. And I think it's, I think you guys have a very good roadmap. And I think that's what it's been about so far, kind of up to this point. 
is actually creating that roadmap and determining what your priorities are and what you're going to do first. Before we reveal what they are, did you guys have any struggles determining what these first three big rocks are going to be? Not really. I mean, these are things that definitely need to happen for us to get to that next level. Definitely. No, I don't think so. What do you think? No, I think they all fit the vision really well, you know, without these things in place. I mean, there, of course, there's all sorts of things we want to do. We've got ambitions and uh, we want to see this place grow into something. But without these things in place, I don't think getting to that place is going to be attainable, let alone easy. And it's all about prioritizing. And these are definitely priorities. And again, we're building up to these three rocks, but still one more thing to cover before we get to those, which is you had an obstacle to overcome, maybe a (laughs) pre-rock that had to be addressed, and that is pricing. Who wants to tackle that? Colin, Austin, Lacey, why was it determined that the pricing had to be addressed separate from the three rocks? Well, I could talk about pricing in numbers all day, but when Colin and I first started working together, I was stuck in this mindset of, uh, I don't think this is a fair price. I don't think people will buy this. I don't think that we're worth this. And it it was an obstacle. It was a huge obstacle, actually. And it wasn't until recently that I was actually able to kind of push myself out of that comfort zone and really start to think and, you know, listen to some advice around the industry one thing, I can't remember who told me it, but they're like, you know, a plumber can show up to your house, charge you $75 just to show up to your house, then charge you $75 to $150 an hour to do whatever they're going to do. And it's all because you could have fixed that drain or that clogged pipe. You could have went to the store and tried to tackle that fitting yourself. But they called you because you're a professional and they didn't want to do it. And I said, you know what? You're exactly right. Sure, people could go try to paint their own house, but really they don't want to. Why am I not charging adequately for my services as a professional? And that just really made a lot of sense to me. And since then, I've stepped out of that comfort zone and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to charge, first of all, what I feel like is fair. Second of all, what I know can actually support our company now. What I was charging before was not sustainable and we were not going to get anywhere. None of these big rocks would even be a thing if we didn't get that one fixed first, because first we got to make sure we're actually doing things profitably. So that was a huge rock in the beginning. Austin, did you double your prices? Did they go up 20%? You know, I know all jobs are different, but do you have an idea of about how much your pricing went up? Yeah. I mean, so I had mentioned previously in the last podcast or maybe the one before that I was doing a lot of contractor work and it was really ridiculously low. And since we've switched over to residential repaint work, yeah, they have doubled. They have absolutely doubled. And even on the repaint work that I was estimating prior to that, I've increased that over 40%, I would say. So uh, now I'm actually starting to see good margins, you know, profitable numbers at the end of projects. So that's really good news. And Colin, really quick for our listeners out there who may be thinking, gosh, do I need to raise my prices? Do you have any advice on how to look at that and determine whether or not it's time to crank things up? And if so, how much? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. If you're asking yourself, do I need to raise my prices? The answer is probably yes, is what I'll start off with. But you know, you earn to the penny what you believe you're worth. And that kind of mental kind of head trash that Austin was talking about in the beginning, that's pretty common in the industry. 
So you really need to take a look at what your the most, majority of people that we work with are charging by the hour, right? So break down the hour. Where does the hour go? What percentage is going towards direct labor, towards burden, towards materials? How much do you need per hour to cover overhead? What's your break-even hourly rate? And then when you're targeting an uh, operating profit of you know eight to twelve percent, you need to factor that that in too into the hourly rate. So that's where I would start. Is you really need to know your numbers. Austin's done an amazing job of getting to that point where he dialed in really well, which has allowed us to kind of set what the bar needs to be price-wise. So know your numbers, know what you need in order to break even on an hourly basis, and that, that's where I'd start. And Austin, oh, did you have to change your sales process at all? Not change it, but I actually had to make one. I was the worst salesperson probably on the face of the earth. And, uh, you know, Colin and Nolan, they recommend Sandler sales system. And so I've read that book through and through. I've actually done a few little online trainings on it. And the more I practice it, for me, like I don't have a salesperson's personality. So it, it's actually really difficult for me to put myself in that situation because it makes me feel uncomfortable. But I'm starting to get good at adapting to that personality because it's not my normal state of being. But the more I practice it, the more comfortable I become. So in short, yes, there was no sales process and now there is and it's still a work in progress. Nice. Okay. Today's podcast is sponsored by Arrowworthy's Glossdell Plus Roller Cover. Looking for a roller to deliver a lint-free, super smooth finish? The Glossdell Plus Roller is it. The Glossdell Plus is a woven fabric designed to apply today's gloss and semi-gloss paints and stains. Offered in multiple naps and sizes, including a full range of mini rollers. You can learn more at arrowworthy.com. That's A-R-R-O Worthy. Dot com, or as Emily Howard says, www.arrowworthy.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by Graco. From the brand leader in spray equipment, Graco's new airless finishing kit is designed to help complete fine finishing jobs faster and easier using your existing Graco airless sprayer. Designed to work with 390 PC through the Ultramax 2 595 PC Pro Electric airless sprayers, this kit includes all the tools you need to make short work of every fine finish job. Benefits of the airless finish kit are increase your portability and maneuverability on every job, experience greater control working in tight areas, quickly spray small amounts of material, and faster cleaning time to get to the next job. To learn more, go to graco.com slash airless finishing kit. So without further ado, let's get to what we promised. Let's cover these three rocks. And Colin, I think we'll have you sort of introduce each one. But as far as the framework, they've got 90 days, right? The, the goal is to accomplish as much as possible in the next 90 days on these three rocks, these three obstacles, opportunities, challenges where they can improve or renovate their business. So I guess start by correcting what I just said and make it sound <laughs> way better and more accurate. and then introduce us to the first rock. What is the goal in the next 90 days? We want to make the next 90 days, these three big rocks, as smart as they can be. So they need to be 
specific and trackable. They need to be motivating, attainable, and relevant. The attainable piece is huge, right? Because we only have 90 days here. So we picked three big rocks that are attacking different levels of the business. So with that, I guess I'll get into the first one. So the first rock that we're looking to tackle is establishing position, visions, or job descriptions for the major roles in the company. So that's going to be Austin, Lacey, the new admin they just hired, as well as the two key field supervisors that they have on staff. The biggest reason why this is important is when, you know, listening to the first podcast and hearing Austin and Lacey talk about how they can't get away without, you know, a phone call and they're constantly feel like they're tied to the company. That's not okay. So it tells me that Austin is still in the crux of the decision-making. So decisions are not being made unless he is involved somehow, right? And sometimes you want to be involved in the decisions that are being made. Others, you don't want to be involved. So what phone calls is he getting? Which of those calls are good that should be coming to him? And which of those calls should not be coming to him? And they are because there's a lack of competence in the people that are in those roles or confidence in themselves for making the decisions. So the first step here is really figuring out what the roles in the company are, what the seats in the bus are, what decisions Austin wants to be making and should be making, and what decisions need to be delegated to the other key people in the company. So for Austin and Lacey to be able to get away and know that people have the confidence and the competence to be making these key decisions without giving them a call. And is there already confidence that enough people and the right people are in place to fill perhaps a new job description, a new position, or is it possible that they'll need to hire new people? I think that the people are there. I mean, I I would love, obviously, Austin and Lacey to comment on that, but I think we have the people. It's now about separating out the different roles and making sure that the people have the information and support that they need in order to make these key decisions and to perform those roles. Yeah. Lacey, Austin, just how do you view this rock, this challenge? What do you have to do? Yeah. I mean, I would say that we do have some amazing people here. We're, I mean, we're just so fortunate to have amazing buy-in from our key people. And I think what is really lacking right now is the resources to get them thinking in the way that they need to, to have confidence in making these decisions. I think the competence for the most part is even there. I think there is some training that needs to be implemented on that, but confidence is the big thing that I'm seeing right now. Yeah, and it, it, going about it a little bit differently, I've always, you know, I know about job descriptions. You can kind of come up with a job description, but position visions is something that I had never even considered or even thought about trying to establish before. And it's equally, if not more important, so you know, we can kind of have an idea who would be the best? What are we actually looking for? Not just what are the things that they're going to be doing? Like, what is our vision for these positions? And I'm excited to start working on those for sure. And I'm sorry, Colin, just one last thing. Tell Mm -hmm. us again, I think you may have covered, but just to review, are they tackling these sequentially, like 30 days each, or are they all simultaneously within 90 days? We'll be tackling probably all of these sequentially uh, all at the same time. However, there's definitely a priority list of what will be talked about first. So this is the first rock that we begin to tackle. But at the same time, we can't wait on the other two as well. We need to, to start working on those. But this is the first priority rock. 
And back on position visions and job descriptions, we're going to talk the next podcast about <laughs> position visions and job descriptions and what's happening and where are we and how do they work. Can you give us a really quick one minute rundown, the difference between the position vision and the job descriptions, and are we doing both for all of these positions? Yeah, absolutely. So job descriptions are, you know, they're ancient. They've been around for forever. They're very task-based, but there's a thousand tasks that someone needs to perform in their role. How can you get all of them into one job description? You can't, right? You typically just pick the top ones and hope that they understand the others. Position visions are about chasing results. What behaviors and results are going to lead to success here? So what results reflect superior performance in a role? Let's define what we want out of this role, the vision for how this position should be run and operated, and let's let the person build the way they get there on their own, right? So it's not about micromanaging what they do each day. Obviously, there are certain things and systems that we implement that they have to follow, of course, but we want to emphasize results and behaviors not tasks. That's kind of the key point to make there. Okay. That's rock one. Rock two, I can read the words on my pre-show notes. It says leadership training. Colin, walk us through leadership training. So in establishing these new key roles, Austin and Lacey have two really great field supervisors that are moving into these roles now where they're no longer going to be judged on their success of how efficient they are, but how well can they get their team to succeed? right? When you move out of being a technician and into this kind of managerial role, when you're a leader, it's about others succeeding, not you. So we need to get the field supervisors and other key people as well, uh, but particularly these two, the leadership training they need to develop others. That's not a something that people can kind of have inherently, right? Leadership training and development, you need to teach someone how to develop others. If we need AI painting to go to the next level, it means that everyone on board needs to get to the next level. And when you're in Austin and Lacey's shoes, you can't manage 15 people and be responsible for all of their developments. Someone's going to fall through the cracks. So we really believe in no one person should be managing more than five to seven individuals. So the people in these leadership roles need to know how to get their people to the next level. So Austin and Lacey have done some great work on designing leadership training. So this is going to be now about implementing that and executing it with the key people so that we can begin developing everyone on their team. Austin and Lacey, are you you going to tackle that equally? Is it going to be more Lacey than Austin? What's it going to be? It'll be more me. Austin will have, um, we've created like a job leader training as well. So that way he can kind of go through the best way that they can lead a job. But for the field supervisors, like Colin's talking about, that particular leadership training, I will be doing more of, and that is how to build a team. What is a leader? Um, What does that look like? What kind of leader are they? A lot of role playing, things like that. And then trying to get them comfortable with having more one-on-one conversations with the team and helping build them up as well. So it'll be good. (laughs) Lazy, this is right in your wheelhouse, right? Yep. I'm curious, are you sensing that this is going to be different in any way when you're working with painters and crew leaders versus the types of employees you were working with before? Yes, it already has been a lot different, but I've actually been really surprised in the last week with our field supervisors 
you know, they have never had leadership training before and they've never really been put into real like leadership roles of having to have like hard, hard, hard conversations with people. And we put them in a situation to do a one-on-one. It was the harder one-on-one that had to have some difficult conversations. And I kind of shadowed, I could kind of step in if they needed support and they did a really, really good job. So there's still a little bit of fine tuning and, and things that they need help with, with that particular thing. But the answer is yes, it's going to be harder, but with these two, it's actually not going to be as difficult as I thought going into also doing leadership training with our up and coming job leaders. I do think that it will be a little bit more difficult that, you know, they just have different experiences in life and it's just, it's a different, different industry. So mm-hmm. Colin, this is a tough one on the deliverables standpoint, isn't it? So how do you determine yes, leadership training check? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. So we got to focus on what we can accomplish here, right? So the success might take longer than 90 days to get these people to where we want them to get to, but we need to be able to implement and execute a set number of trainings between now and the end of the 90 days. So that's kind of what we'll be focusing on for the deliverables. And rock three, which, I mean, they're all interesting. Obviously, this is paint radio. Nothing's ever not interesting. But rock three is... uh, trying to establish boundaries for the family business, because as we all know, the family business can, the business aspect can seep into every aspect of family and that's not the way it should be. So Colin, walk us through what yeah. the goal is here. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're very passionate about family business. I mean, probably a third of all of our clients are family businesses. Small business is inherently very family-based, right? Family business, it's like you're taught in chemistry that gas fills the volume of whatever space it's in. And that's kind of the same thing here with business, right? If you allow it to, the business will invade every aspect of the family relationship. It'll come on vacation with you. It'll be at the dinner table with you, right? And you've got to force it out. You got to set up boundaries and keep it out. So establishing boundaries is huge. You know, that's definitely something that anyone who's listening to this and has a family business can get to work on right away, right? So when do we talk business? When do we not? How do we approach it when we're around our family, people who aren't in the business? What we'll be looking to accomplish with Austin and Lacey is going to be a couple of things here around family business over the next 90 days. We're going to be tackling uh, behavioral covenants and communication guidelines. So how are we agreeing to behave with each other and how are we agreeing to communicate both in the business and outside of the business? We want them to have, if not executed, at least planned a family meeting, not business meeting, a family meeting right? As well as a family getaway, which could be obviously the vacation at the end of this, right? So having the family meeting, family getaway planned. And the last two here are having a family CPP summary. So we work a lot with CPP summaries. It's kind of like um, the cascading planning process. That's what CPP stands for. And it's kind of a one page cheat sheet for this is my business. It's got your vision on there, your big rocks, your KPIs. So your family should have the same thing, right? What are our big rocks to the family? How often do we meet as a family? So having that established and last is going to be a crisis plan. So we talk a lot about, you know, what happens if someone or both people that are running a family business hit the proverbial bus, the people that are left to kind of pick up the pieces, you know, where do they start? So we're very passionate about crisis plans. If something happens to me, here's what the passwords are, the business accounts, here's all the key relationships 
that the business has. Here's who you go to. Here's a great resource. Here's what I want to happen. It's not a will by any stretch, but it's a what happens to the business, where's all the key information stored for the business. So those are the major components of the family business, Big Rock, that we'll be looking to accomplish. And Lacey That's and Austin, a lot. Yeah, when, when you hear all that, do you think, I mean, are you, are you on board? Do you think this is going to be difficult? Do you think one of you is going to be more able and willing to do this than the other? Where do you stand? I think, I mean, it's going to be difficult for sure. I tend to be the one that brings it home a little bit more than Austin does. Well, I think he gets more in his head and he doesn't actually talk about it. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard, I think. What are your thoughts? That is what's the part that's going to be most difficult for me. I'm good at like shutting it off verbally. So since we started this, we've actually set the boundaries with our kids. And now we ask our kids, Hey, is it okay to talk about work right now? And our little girls usually like, yeah, I don't care. But our son's like, Nope, not happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so well, but, we also haven't had a meeting. We haven't actually like yeah. actually got to lay out a plan with them either. We just kind of tried to, do it for the last week and <laughs> but i can stop talking about it but it doesn't stop stewing in my mind to where it does affect you know sleep. what i'm projecting on the people around me and sleep it affects my health you know what i mean <laughs> to the point where everyone around me still notices it so even though i'm not talking about it i'm still bringing it into my house and i think that's important i mean i know we're in the family business and we're talking about that but just even before i joined the company him just being a contractor, a business owner on his own, it was that same way of him bringing it home and you could kind of see how it, it impacted the family. So anyone that's listening that doesn't have the family business, I think it's just as important for them to work on these steps as well. This is amazing because it is, I think, something that many, if not most people grapple with. Colin, will we be going over, you know, we'll have a podcast that goes over each one of these rocks as we hit this one. Are there strategies and exercises that you can use to help minimize your mind running away and off to work. Yeah, that'd be great if there was just an off switch, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't know if we'll be able to create that for Austin by the end of the 90 days. We can certainly look to put in some key people. I mean, I, I think putting in people in the business who share the insomnia, the way Austin and Lacey have the insomnia run the business, Knowing other people are losing sleep about the business lets you sleep almost, right? So I think getting these people into the right seats, making sure that they're covering the roles that they're supposed to be in should give Austin a little bit of peace. That's kind of my hope here. I have a question for Austin now as it relates to Rock 3 and where we know we're trying to get with these boundaries. Even as you have come from, let's say, last year, 2020, when you, you first entered Mission Vacation, to now, since you've been working with Nolan, since Lacey's come on, and now we're in this process of going after this 90-day plan, have you felt that things have gotten any better? Do you feel less alone? Because I know business ownership can be lonely. What has happened over the last year is I was really stressed out. I was doing everything rather than producing, you know, I was still producing every day. I was still painting as well. But it's gotten to the point now where we've put so many systems in place, like I had mentioned previously, that it's like now there's more to do. But then Colin reassured me. He said, all this stuff you're doing, it's going to be stressful for a while, but now it's time to start delegating. He said, you're in the storm, but there's clear skies ahead. 
So I think we've kind of built this whole business up to the point where, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot more than there was, but it's all stuff that needed to be going on. And now we're in a position to where we can start picking the pieces apart to build this machine to start building other machines is another uh, analogy that I said. I'll I'll give him credit for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've often read, right, the only way out is through. So you've got to push through the struggles, push through the challenges, put the structure in place. With that in mind, and I think we asked this at the beginning of every season, and we'll start out with Lacey and Austin, and then Colin, I want to get your take on this. At the beginning, you are putting the structure in place. The structure is not yet in place, which means you are now doing two things where before you were doing one. How do you guys plan to make time for some of these extra exercises that need to happen over the next three months? I think the most important thing is time blocking. If you don't actually block your schedule and not allow anything else to be scheduled during that time, you know that we are working on whatever it is that day, both of us or one of us, preferably both of us. That's the only way in my mind that I can see that and prioritizing, making lists of all the things that needs to get done and going through and figuring out what is the most important. Let's go from there. And yeah, time blocking. Absolutely. Work harder and longer hours, but know that it's temporary. (laughs) (laughs) Colin, what's your advice here? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of business owners have this addiction to urgency, right? Because they feel like they're they're moving forward. They're uh, having progress. So being okay with not all the time that you're spending on your business, having an immediate payoff, which has been a lot of what has been going on with Austin for the last few months to a year. And like you talked about, we are close to the being out of the storm here. We got to get these people into the right seats so they can be executing the way that we know that they can. So I think being okay with some short-term, not losses, but losses on ultimate productivity, right, for the long-term vision, which is what's most important, right, your vision and values. Colin, so again, just to review, these three rocks, they're creating position visions and job descriptions, rock one. Rock two is developing leadership training. And then the third rock, establishing boundaries for the family business. You know, you've been doing this for a while. Are those pretty common rocks that you work with contractors on? Are there like six rocks that you typically work (laughs) on and you just choose three of the six or are there like 40? Give us a Yeah, I mean, so... Position visions and job descriptions are always, that's a pretty common one if you don't have them, right? But you you always need, your business is always developing, so you're always needing to make new position visions. Every business is different. Everyone's vision is different. It's about understanding what's stopping someone from getting to that ultimate vision. What are the rocks that need to be overcome? So sometimes it's common. Sometimes people want common things. Other times they don't. You know, family business is certainly a unique one, but not so unique, right? It's not something that we typically tackle so early on, maybe we should. I'd say knowing your numbers is probably the other, other big one that's not being uh, used here because that's something that they've tackled in the past. So yeah, they're certainly common in a way, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else has three totally different ones and when they're starting out. Cool. Well, you didn't ask me, but I approve of this plan. And so I think <laughs> it's exciting to see these podcasts unfold, to watch the journey. Obviously, Austin and Lacey, you're in good hands with Colin Nolan of Nolan Consulting Group. If you want to learn more about them, go to nolancg.com.
nolancg.com, nolancg.com. Once again, thank you to our sponsors, Frog Tape, Arrowworthy, and Graco. Austin, Lacey, good luck tackling this first rock, picking it up, carrying it across the finish line, strongman style. We're looking forward to hearing about it, reading about it in the magazine. If you want to find more kindred spirits, go to painmag.com because it's always a great day to be a contractor, and we celebrate that every day here at APC. Paintmag.com. Have a great day.